Good morning, countryside. It's great to be here. It's great to see everyone. I hope everyone enjoyed their extra hour of sleep today. I know sometimes you can be positive, but don't be positive to the point you're lying. That was a lie. I know we lost an hour, which is really discouraging for me. I woke up at my normal time, and I was running late. I got here, but this is not the pastor's most favorite week. This is when a lot of people sleep in. I want to say hello to everyone watching online, those that have slept in this morning. We still love you. You're still a big part of our church. The ladies at the Pinellas County Jail, you're part of our family, and we love you as well. Last week, we talked about serving, and hundreds of people signed up to be part of serve teams in all the different areas of the church. But I've had a few people ask me, what are the areas that you need the most help? So I want to tell you, the areas we need the most help is our youth area. Our youth group has grown to be the largest group of any of the groups beside the Sunday morning experience. Our middle and high school group is the next largest group. I think that's a great problem to have. I don't know about you. A lot of churches are like begging, they're paying kids to go to church. We have a growing, thriving youth ministry, and the more leaders that we have, the more engaged that we're gonna be able to be with these students, mentor them, raise them up. I know a lot of you, you know, you looked at me when I said student ministries, and I saw a couple of guys talking to their wife like, hey, what, what are we having for lunch, you know? That's what our real need is, and there's so many of you, you are gifted in that area. If you'd like to serve with our youth, our children, our nurseries, we have people in the lobby that will sign you up. Also, another area we need help in is our cafe. How many like the, the food in the cafe, the coffee in the cafe? Oh, it's so good. Well, we need people to help us to do that. So maybe you have a heart just to do something where you're reaching people, helping people. That's a first impression of our church. So I want to encourage you, you can sign up in the lobby for that as well. But thank you. Thank you for those that have stepped up. It's in serving that you're really going to find your place at Countryside. It's so easy in a church like this to come and to go and to just kind of, you know, find your way in and out without really plugging in. If you plug into an area where your giftings are being used, that's where you're going to feel the fulfillment that God has for all of us. You'll feel fulfilled. You'll feel like your purpose, your destiny is being walked out as you partner with the body of Christ. All of us are part of that body, so I want to encourage you to be a part of that. Next thing I want to just quickly talk about is the coronavirus. I know that the media is causing panic everywhere. I want to encourage you, this is not a time to panic. It's not a time to panic. But it is a time to be wise. So we're on top of it. We're listening to what they're um, expecting us to do and recommending for us to do. We have hand sanitizer at all of our entrances and exits. Um, we're, we're adjusting. It's hard for me. I'm used to hugging and shaking hands and doing all those things. It's a real adjustment. So if I accidentally shake your hand, I apologize. I'm clean. I'm clean. I'm good. But if you do feel flu-like symptoms, this is really any time. You have a fever, sore throat, you're coughing, you're sneezing, do it in your arm. Don't sneeze all over everybody. But if you have those symptoms, just like the people that stayed home today, <laughs> we want to be wise in this situation, but we don't want to walk in fear. The media always stirs up such fear. 
God's not given us that spirit, but he's given us a spirit of wisdom. Can you say amen to that? How many of you brought your Bibles today? Let's get into God's word. Father, your word is alive. Your word brings strength to our situations and our circumstances. Father, our hope is in you. You honor your word above your very name. So today, we want to honor you, honor your word. Let the word that's spoken go deep into our hearts and our spirits. In Jesus' name, amen. This is the first week of a series called Steps to Financial Freedom. I wanna encourage everyone to take out notes during this series. This is gonna be stuff that is not maybe, if it's not for you, it's gonna be for your kids, it's gonna be people around you, because the steps that we're gonna be talking about, it may not be easy on the ears. There's different messages that are really easy on the ears. But I am not gonna hold back with the truth. We're gonna look at practically what God says to us and the priorities and the steps for us to walk in financial health and fullness and peace. But we're gonna also look deeply into God's word about how we can walk this out in our day-to-day life because God wants us to live in peace. You know, the number one problem in marriages is finances. The number one problem that most people, their stress, their biggest stressors are oftentimes rooted in their finances. It could be debt. Next week we're gonna be talking about debt and the bondage that the enemy wants us to walk in in the bondage of debt. But God wants us to be free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed, but it doesn't just happen without us very intentionally walking out the commands that God's given us the practical steps that he's given us to look at those things and adjust our lives. Some of you are gonna think that I'm talking directly to you today. I'm not. I'm not talking directly to anyone, but I'm talking to all of us. What are the steps that we need to take so that we can have freedom in the area of our finances? Next week, we'll have somebody in the lobby where after the series, those that want to go deeper. A lot of people, they said, 2020 is the year I'm getting out of debt. Well, we're in March. We're in March now. And now you're, some people are like, well, we're already in March. Maybe I'll do it in 221. You know, let's, let's think about 2021. Well, next week, we're going to have someone in the lobby for Financial Peace University. I recommend that everyone go through this class. It'll happen on a weeknight. It's an eight or 10 week course. I'll find out so I'm not wrong next week. But it's something that will help to truly set you free. 70% of American Christians live paycheck to paycheck. 70%. That means if you have a flat tire and you have a new $150 bill that's not in your normal week to week paycheck, it could throw your entire family into a crisis. They're not $50 tires anymore. I just found that out a couple weeks ago. They're $150, and then they try to upsell you with the balance and all that. I don't want balance, I just want air. Put air in the tire. But living paycheck to paycheck, it may not seem like it's so bad, but when things happen that are unexpected, it could throw you into chaos and throw you into a, a circumstance where you're overwhelmed. 60% of American Christians, 16%, 16, have over $60,000 of credit card debt. And for those, as they're paying on that, with what they're paying monthly, the average person, it takes 15 years to get out of debt. 
That's right where the enemy wants us all to be. Bound, stuck, locked into debt. But there are 14% of American Christians that are debt free. They have no financial debt as far as their credit cards. They're not living week to week. They have their emergency fund of $1,000. They have savings. They plan, they do things, they're able to travel, they're able to buy things that they want, that they save for. They're able to give freely as God moves on their heart and they're at a place of financial freedom. How many does that sound pretty good to? That's where God wants us all to be. So right now, I want you to think about your financial picture. Where are you right now? There's nothing we're gonna talk about that's about your past, it's about today. What are we gonna do today moving forward so that we're walking in the freedom that God wants us to have in this area of your life? So I have four pictures that I want you to look and you can be objective. Maybe you're one of these four pictures. Bring out the first one. First service people, right when the picture came up, they went, nope, not there. (laughs) But this is a place where you're able to do things. You have money saved. You're not going to charge everything. Last year, Minnie Lane went on a four-day, five-night cruise. Well, it was a five-night cruise to Cozumel, whatever. It was $800. We had all of our food paid for. That was including everything. Had some, because I, you know, I bought the Florida resident fee, used Retail Me Not, you know, had all the discounts. Don't feel bad using those discounts. I want to encourage you with that. God will bless that. So I'm using my discounts. But I didn't go on vacation last year and say, here, here's my charge card. I didn't go on our cruise last year and sat there as we're soaking in the sun or going on excursions thinking, oh my goodness, how am I gonna pay for this? I'm not even able. People, they do this and they charge it, they go, they're not even able to enjoy it. But maybe this is your financial place. Maybe you're seasoned in your discipline and you're, you know, just living your finances out right and you're at that place. The next one. Maybe this is a little bit better than week to week. You know, you've got an emergency fund. It's not bad, it's not great, it's not bad, but it's sunny outside. Feel a little sunniness. I've got great hope there. There's a lot of people that are in that place right now. God bless you for that. But this is what can happen very, very quickly. This is how debt happens. It turns into snow clouds, or storm clouds, Here we are in Florida and I got snow on my mind. Turn into storm clouds and it can happen so quickly. You see, it's much easier to get into debt than it is to get out of debt. I can remember my first year of marriage with Elaine and we were in the first three months and we ate out a few times. We charged a couple things. We thought, no big deal. This is just what everybody does. We're Americans. Well, after three months of marriage, I got a bill from my charge card company for $1,200. That's a lot for me, 1,200 bucks. And I said, I'm calling a family meeting, Elaine. She goes, who all do you want there? I said, just you and me. (laughs) We're having a family meeting. And I said, this is not how we're gonna live our life. We're gonna live ahead. We're gonna live with margin. One of my favorite series I've ever preached was on margin. The importance of having margin in what you make and what you spend. That margin will give you peace when you spend less than what you make. Well, we were spending more than what we made, $1,200. And I said, we've gotta come up with a plan today or I'm gonna have a nervous breakdown. 
She said, I don't want that. We've just been married three months. Hang in there, big guy. $100 a month for 12 months, we were out of debt. I never had credit card debt ever again in almost 32 years of marriage than the first three months, ever. Because we determined that's who we are. That's our DNA. Believe me, that is our DNA. We are gonna live with margin in our life. And so often people, they go, if I could just spend and get it now. The commercials aren't saying, save for this. And then one day you'll be able to afford to buy it and have no strain on your budget and you'll feel so much peace. There's no commercials that say that. They say, buy it now. Here's this car. Buy it now. Interest free? You can spread it over seven years? You can buy a Hummer and spread it over 10 years? And you can feel stress. It looks so good on TV. You go to the, man, you feel like, man, I just feel peace about this. It feels good. Well, that peace is gonna hit you when that monthly payment hits every single month if you can't afford it. That's the key. If you can afford to have nice things, have nice things. But if you can't afford it, live within your means right now. And when you're faithful with what God's given you now, in the small things, then he'll trust you in the future. People, they tell me, I can't afford to tithe right now. I only make $500 a week. Well, when you make 1,000, it's gonna be harder. You make 2,000, it's gonna be harder. You know, I can remember when I was a kid, I made $1 a week allowance. And that included mowing my yard and my chores. Parents, you can use that. You're okay, I, I, you can use that on your kids. Well, Pastor Glenn got a dollar. But I can remember, we had, back then you had offering envelopes and you just stayed on top of it, you had 52 of them. And I had my dime. I was faithful with my dime. But I didn't stay there. God blessed me. So, how does that look? Are you starting to get that debt? Because if you're starting to accumulate debt, and, and the debt starts overwhelming you, this is the next picture that could be your life. Total overwhelmed chaos. How am I gonna get out of this debt? Oh my goodness, God, what am I gonna do? Which one are you? Which one are you and which one do you wanna be? Because you can live out your life today to live out the dreams that you have in your future. But how can we change your financial situation? One day at a time. One choice at a time, one purchase at a time. In your notes today, we're gonna to look at four things in order to get our financial picture to look different. Number one, we have to have a vision in the area of our finances. Proverbs chapter 29, 18, it says without vision, people perish. So the first thing I wanna ask you, do you have a budget that you live by? Well, you got quiet. Lord, I know you're listening, it's cool. Do you have a budget? What a budget is, is you write at the very top, this is every dollar that I bring in every single month. And then you start putting, okay, then I got the tithe is the Lord's, and I got my house payment, I got my car payment, whatever you have. And in that budget, you need to have spending money. So what we did, it's, Dave Ramsey recommends, it's like an envelope system. You have an envelope for everything that you have and you're planning it because you have a vision. And then in your vision, you start to prioritize the things that matter to you the most. Because if you're not prioritizing, you're never gonna get the things that you really want in your life 
and do the things you really want to do and give the way you really want to do because you're stuck with the things that look so good right now. Let's microwave it. Let's microwave it right now. I got to have it right now. And if that's where you get your joy on the next purchase, oh my goodness, that's not where our joy comes from. So use that envelope system. Pay yourself. Pay your, let me tell you this, for young people, I know there's a lot of young people in here, a lot of young adults. Never when you're, your boss or your company or you're working for someone, if they offer a match towards your retirement, don't say, well, I'll worry about that in 20 years. No, do it now. Because you start setting aside a small amount right now towards your retirement, when you're 60 years old, 65 years old, the compound interest is overwhelming where you could go with $50 a week and you'll be a millionaire by the time you're 65 years old because of compound interest. That's how it works. So never leave that on the table. But what are the things you really want to do? What are the places you really want to visit and go to? Write down three or four things of what are the far-sighted? We're so nearsighted in our vision. What are the things in the distance that if you sacrifice right now, you're going to be able to do the things that you really want to do? Think about that. What's on your bucket list? We all have a bucket list of things that we want to do. But when we start charging our bucket lists, we're going to be overwhelmed by debt because we can't afford our bucket list. But you start saving and putting that in the envelope right now, will you be able to eat out? Yeah. But if you eat out and you spend all your eating out money the first two days of the month, then you can't eat out anymore the next 28 days. It's planning. It's vision. Elaine, last year, she, maybe two years ago, she said, I really want to travel more. There's things I really want to do. I said, great. One of the things she's, she always wanted to do was she wanted to go to Israel. And for years, I've said, I'll take you to Israel this weekend. It's right up in Orlando. Let's go to the Holy Land. Let's experience it. She said, I don't want to go to Orlando. I want to go to Israel. This year, God's blessed us. We're going to have the opportunity to go to Israel this year. But I want to tell you this. We're not... We're not going into debt to go to Israel. We're not charging Israel. We have planned, and God's blessed it, and God's given us an opportunity. Last year, she wanted to go to the Magnolia Farms. Is that what it is? Is it a farm? Who, who is it? Joanna Gaines. Ooh. Magnolia Farms with the silos. I got to see the silos. She got there, and she says, the silos are empty. I'm like, hey. But she had a great time. She went with her sister-in-law, loved it. She didn't charge anything. It was in the envelope. She was able to enjoy it. She came back, was able to plug right back into life because she planned out with a vision of what was important. Start with a vision. Number two, we have to have the right way of thinking. We have to think about how are we strategically gonna get where we wanna be. And we have to start now. So many people, they say, well, if I had this, then I will be able to do that. If I had the right job making this amount of money, then I could do this, then I'd be able to be happy. No, you could be happy with what God's given you today, but you have to live within a budget and live without impulsive spending today. Can you say amen? If you had more education, if you had this, if you had that, no. God's blessed you. Every good and perfect thing 
comes from the Father. Can you say amen? So we look and say what we don't have. We look at our next door neighbor and see what they have. But what we don't see, we don't see their credit card. Just know that. We don't see what kind of stress that they're under. But when we begin to change our attitude towards our finances and realize, God, you've blessed me. And you have a heart of gratefulness. And you begin to thank God for the small things in our lives. Then it's going to begin to put a peace on you like you've not had. We see in 1 Chronicles chapter 29. This is David. At the end of his reign, he was giving declarations over the people of Israel. And here in chapter 29, verse, starting in verse 10, David was praising the Lord for his goodness. David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, Praise be to God, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatest and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You're exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. Wealth and honor come from God. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise to your glorious name. Verse 14. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. Everything that we have is God's. That was David's attitude from the very beginning. But the problem is most of us don't believe that. You know, one of the first words that kids say when they're toddlers is mine. That's mine. Maybe you're trying to have kids share and play. No, that's mine. But so often, even as Christians, we're like, God, you have my heart. You have an hour and 10 minutes on Sunday morning, unless Pastor Glenn goes over five minutes. You have this. You, but God, don't talk to me about my finances. I work for that. I've earned it. I deserve it. It's mine. But let me tell you, when we say, God, it's all yours, and then we're in a place where we're stewarding what God has given us, it takes us to a whole new level of seriousness of, God, you blessed me with this. I pray that I would steward the wealth, the money, the resources that you've given me according to your perfect will in my life. We have to believe God is in charge. Number three, we have to have the right attitude towards God. We have to have the right attitude towards God. You see, we call God our Savior, our Savior. He's the one that gave us salvation through the free gift of accepting Christ as our Lord and Savior. But we also call him our Lord. The word Lord comes from a word about control. Control, we wanna be in control of everything. If we really are gonna say, God, you're my Lord, then we're allowing God to have lordship over every area of our life. And when we begin to say, God, you have lordship, you're my Lord, I trust you in every area, including my finances, that's where the true blessings of God can come out. Can you say amen to that? So how can we do this in your notes? There are three ways of how we can give lordship to God and control. Number one, acknowledge the sovereignty of God and our finances. There's nothing that you're going through right now that caught God by surprise. 
He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He is sovereign. And he's entrusting you to trust a sovereign, all-powerful, all-knowing God. There's a parable I want to share with you. It's, it's out of the book of Luke. It's the parable of the rich fool. Starting in verse 12. I'm sorry, chapter 12, verse 16. It says, then he told them a story. A rich man had fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all of my wheat and all of my other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Drink, eat, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night, and then who will get everything that you work for? That's the American way. If I can get bigger, if I can get more, if I can have more stuff, more stuff is gonna make me happy. And at the end of someone's life, when I go and visit them, at the end of their life, not one person has ever said, I just wish I had more stuff. You know what they say? I wish I had more time to really love the way God wanted me to love. I wish I would have forgiven freely. I wish I would have been more generous with the things that I've had because I've been bound together, which what turns into to greed. Pastor Lloyd, our founding pastor, he always used to say that he's never seen a hearse driving the casket with a U-Haul chained to the back of it. You're not gonna be able to take all of this stuff with you. So really, when we begin to say, God, this is yours. God, it's all yours. I trust you with it. That's where we're gonna have such a source of joy to know that God's in control. Amen? Number two, recognize that whatever we have is temporarily on loan from God. First Corinthians chapter four, verse two, it says, now it is required to those that have been given a trust must prove faithful. If you are faithful in the small things, the word promises, he will always be faithful with greater things. But he's looking for a faithful person that he can trust. Are you trustworthy with what God's given you and what God has blessed you with? Because it's, it's not only affecting you, it's affecting your marriage, it's affecting your family, it's affecting your kids. Always make sure that you understand you're a steward of what God's blessed you with. Number three. Get more of God's wisdom and apply it to your finances. Get more of God's wisdom. Is it wise at this time to purchase this? Is it wise to go into debt for this? Is it wise to buy this type of gift right now? It's all about wisdom, not emotion. So often we're, we're running our finances on emotion about what we feel good. Well, if you want to feel good, you're going to spend a whole bunch of money. I can remember 20 years ago, Elaine wanted a new purse. You know, how many like your purses? You got like five purses. I've had this one for like 15 years. I'm doing good, $9.99. But women love their purses. So I thought, I'm going to save up, and I'm going to buy her a nice purse. So I saved up $75, and I thought... I'm gonna buy her for 75 bucks for this little bag thing. I mean, that is a monster budget. That's how I felt. And I thought, I'm not going to Walmart, no Target. No, my woman is better than that. I'm going to Macy's. And so I went into Macy's, 
had my $75. And I went up and I asked the person that was gonna wait on me, I said, where are the designer purchase purses? Because I got, I've saved up. Now, at this time in my life, my kids were all young. My son was in Little League Baseball. I was one of the coaches. I just loved coaching. In fact, I loved it so much, I told him, don't call me dad, we're on the field. Aren't you calling me coach? And so I thought, oh my goodness. I could buy my wife a purse and she'll think of me whenever she sees the name on the purse. And so I looked and it said, coach. And I thought, that's gotta be it. A coach bag. She's gonna look at coach, that's Glenn. He's the coach. And so I told the lady, I said, I want, you know, I want this bag right here. This is the one I want. And I'm looking for the price. You know, I was used to, back then, they used to just have like this machine, they'd stick the price on the outside, you know? No, they didn't do that with this bag. So she goes, oh, you like the coach bag? And I said, yeah, it's the coach. She goes, no, it's not coach, it's coach. And I said, well, I don't know how much this costs. She goes, well, let me show you where this is. You open this up very gently, and then you go behind this bag and this thing in here, and then you gently pull out, and there's the tag. I looked at the tag, and it said $475. And I gently put the tag back behind the thing over here and put it back over in this area. And I said, I, I tried to be cool. Let me tell you, I know I was red, I probably was sweating. And I just, well thank you so much for showing me the bag, I'll think about it. And all of a sudden Elaine deserved a Walmart or Target bag, because that's where I was heading at that moment. But it wasn't wise, it wasn't wisdom. We were a struggling family with three kids. Was that wisdom? She deserved a coach bag? Yes, but it wasn't wise. And you know what, when she got the $75 bag, she said thank you, and she abruptly took it back because it wasn't what she wanted, which was cool. <laughs> I'm okay. Matthew chapter six, verse 33, it says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. First, God. And our spending with the things that are important to us, our finances, steps to the freedom that we want, seek first, God. Number four, this is the last point. We have to change our actions. You know, the definition of an insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. We got a whole lot of insane people in the body of Christ. We think we're just gonna keep doing what we did, we're gonna pray about it, and God's gonna just do it. That's, that's not how God works. God walks you through wisdom and good decisions. He's gonna lead you, he's gonna give you insight, he's gonna give you wisdom, he's gonna bless you but we have to change and have an action plan in mind. Number one, in your notes, we have to trust God. God is so trustworthy. God's gonna take care of you. The word says when we give, it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That's what he promises. There's a condition to every promise in the word of God. There's another area of scripture that says, if you're faithful, he will cause men to give unto you. Can you even imagine that? That's not the American way, but it's God's way. I got an example. 2010, I went back because I wanted to get the exact year. 2010, Elaine and I were in the house. We were hanging out, cooking, whatever we were doing. 
and we heard this massive boom in our front yard. We thought somebody had a head-on collision right in the front of our neighborhood. We didn't know what was happening. So we went out and we noticed immediately someone had just hit our mailbox, knocked it into the neighbor's garage, and left. Now, this wasn't one of those little stick mailboxes, a $20 mailbox thing that's up there. This was this thing that was made out of what I thought was concrete. It was this circular thing, and it was concreted. The, and I thought, well, I'm just going to, the neighbors are gathered around it. I can remember all the crazy things neighbors do. So they're all, they're trying to offer me sympathy. That, I can remember this one older guy looking like this. Yeah, they hit your mailbox, man. They hit your mailbox. No, did they really? And I said, well, I'll put up a cheap mailbox. They go, oh, you need to call the HOA. Homeowners Association, they're really strict on this. And I'm thinking, I thought it was this concrete mailbox, but really what it was, it was styrofoam that had this little thin layer of plaster. So I thought, well, that's cheap. You know, I can just go to Walmart and buy some styrofoam or whatever. Well, I called the HOA. They said, you're required to have this certain mailbox, and we only have one vendor that you can use. I'm like, ooh, that doesn't sound good. I said, I think I could fix it myself. They said, oh, no, no, you can't do it yourself. You signed the HOA papers when you bought the house. I did? Oh, yeah, you signed it. I have it right here in front of me on the computer-generated image. <laughs> so I said, all right. I called the people. They said, your mailbox will cost $500 to replace. I said, it's a styrofoam thing with a little, sir, sir, this is done very symmetrically. This is a big deal. And I'm like, you know what? You know what? I'm going to keep the old mailbox. I don't need a new mailbox. And this is what the mailbox looked like. Put it back up. There's the mailbox. And I'm like, I'm not buying a new mailbox. But this is what happened that Sunday. Nobody knew this happened. No one knew this. Elaine didn't tell me. I was embarrassed to tell anyone. But I wasn't embarrassed enough to spend $500 on a mailbox. But during the meet and greet, this was back when we used to shake hands and stuff during the meet and greet. Um, someone came, shook my hand, and they gave me a Pentecostal handshake. A lot of you don't know what a Pentecostal handshake is. It's a good handshake. It's a special handshake. It's a revival-generating handshake. And I looked in my hand, and there was a check. I'm like, Lord... Jesus, thank you, Jesus. And I opened this check. This is no lie, no exaggeration. I promise you, $500. So will he cause men to give it? See, God knows exactly what you need, when you need it, and he's always right on time. Now, I was willing to have that mailbox up there for years to come. But God was good enough as I was faithful, God has always been faithful in every area of my life. So we have to trust God. Number two, we have to deny ourselves. Self-denial. It's so much easier to get into debt than it is to get out of debt. 
So know yourself. Know your weaknesses and have self-denial. And the third is have self-discipline. Discipline yourself. We are disciples. We are a disciplined disciple of Jesus Christ. So as you're spending, as you're doing, as you're setting your financial picture up in your future, don't start tomorrow. Start today. Start looking at your budget today. Start looking at what's important to you today. Start looking at what your future is going to be and how you're gonna get to those things today. Deny yourself. Have discipline to say no. And when you do that, and you live like no one else lives right now, guess what will happen in the future? You're gonna be able to live like no one else does in the future. And you're gonna do it with peace. Peace. And you're gonna be able to do the things that you wanna do. You're gonna be able to give to think about it. Last year I was able to pay $1,500 to the pregnancy center and save a baby's life. I didn't charge that baby. I set aside that. As a church, we were able to raise $75,000 in two weeks for the church in Nicaragua. We were able to sponsor 400 kids. Look at what we can do together if we plan and we're able to truly do what's deeply inside of our hearts to do. Can you say amen to that? Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, we thank you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, your love, your wisdom. I pray, God, that each one of us would be obedient to you. You're our Lord. Today, we relinquish control of every area of our life, and we give it to you. And we ask you, Lord, be that Lord in every area. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed and eyes closed, just for a minute, we're gonna close service right now. But maybe you're here today, and you had no idea we were gonna talk about this, but you know what's happened this weekend? Saturday night, we saw five people give their lives to Christ. Last service, we probably saw 20 people raise their hand, giving their life to Christ, because the Word of God says, today is the day of salvation. Maybe you've walked in and you're discouraged. Maybe you've walked in seeking after a God that really does love you, and he does looking after the answer. You're saying, God, I need an answer today. Here's the answer. Jesus Christ is the answer. No matter what you're looking for, you start in a relationship with Christ. You give him your heart. You give him your life, and you say, God, I've tried enough on my own. Today, today, I'm making you the Lord of my life. If that's you today, and you say, Pastor Glenn, will you include me in this prayer? That's what I need. And that's what I desire, is a relationship with God Almighty himself through his son, Jesus Christ. It starts today by saying yes to Christ. If that's you, we, I'm not gonna call you out, I'm not gonna embarrass you, I'm not gonna have you stand up, but I'm gonna pray for you, and I believe that today is a new day for you. You know, there's a banner and, and a, a photo booth that's in the front lobby. I encourage everyone, it's a new day is what it says. It's a new day. Today's a new day. You begin to put God first, and you choose Christ, it's a new day. If that's you, when I count to three, will you raise your hand? One, two, three. Raise your hand up high. God bless you. I see your hand and yours. I see your hand as well. God bless you. I see your hand and yours over here. I see your hand coming over on this side. I see your hand and yours and yours and yours and yours and yours. Isn't that just like God? We're talking about steps to financial freedom, and here's God setting people free and giving them total freedom in their spiritual life. It's a beautiful thing. Let's give the Lord a praise offering today, church. 
Will you pray with me as we, we pray? Will you pray this prayer for the sake of those that raise their hand? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for what you did for me on the cross. You gave your life so that I might know life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Today, I accept you as my Lord, my Savior, my God, and my very best friend. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, church. I love you so much. Have a wonderful week. Would you stand with me to receive your blessing today? And as the altar prayer team comes to the front, after your blessing, if you'd like prayer for any reason, see one of these prayer team members. If you raised your hand to give your heart to Jesus, don't leave without coming to one of these prayer team members. We have a gift for you. So to receive your blessing now, you can raise your hands. I know I say raise your hands, but that simply can mean just putting your palms upward in a symbolic attitude of receiving from God. And if you don't want to use your hands, it's okay. Open your heart to receive what God has for you. May you be blessed today to know the peace and the joy that comes from putting finances in God's hands. May you be protected as the word says, Psalm 91, that no plague would come near your dwelling, that no weapon formed against you would prosper. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Love you all. Have a wonderful Sunday.